0: Welcome to episode number 147 of Depression, Bipolar, and Anxiety, Living as a Latter-day Saint. I'm your host, Damon Soka. Now, today's episode is likely to be a little controversial. Now, that shouldn't be a surprise when discussing psychology and church doctrine. While in the Lord's world, these two are entirely aligned, the mortal world tends to drift with the philosophies of mortality. As a member of the church you learn quickly that not all psychological theories lead in the right direction. Yet I hesitate to talk about psychology from a negative perspective. Mortal tendencies to throw out the entire bag of potatoes when only one potato at the bottom of the bag is the issue causes me to recoil a little when discussing the more controversial methodologies of the psychological world. But the truth is, is that not all psychological theories and methods lead to positive spiritual outcomes. And that is really the crux of the matter. Not all mortal theories work in the spiritual realm. And, in fact, you will find that mortal tendencies often run counter to spiritual concerns. One of the more difficult problems of mental illness is truth. The classic line from Pilate in the New Testament is no truer or more needed in today's voluminous mountains of information. What is truth? If not for the spiritual realm, the answer to what is truth in the world of psychology becomes far easier. Psychology is then only about the mortal condition, and when looking from a pure mortal perspective, current theories of psychology are accurate in describing the mortal condition. Meaning, if you throw out all of the spiritual doctrine about the atonement of Jesus Christ, God, premortality, and a spiritual realm of angels, creation, and purpose, then mortality is what you have left. If life were only about this physical body, then I would certainly lean towards a greater belief in certain psychological theories. If I believed what a portion of the scientific community believes, that we have no soul and what you see is what you get, then certain theories around gender, sexuality, mental illness, and a host of other controversies, such as abortion, get actually much easier. When there is no spiritual, then psychology for the most part has it right. But the truth is is that the spiritual realm is as real and perhaps more real than the world we live in. And if this is true, then a higher set of laws apply. And the scriptures state that these spiritual laws will often contradict mortal realities. And isn't that really the problem? This idea of contradiction between spiritual and the mortal and the need for a resolution or truth. Truth really is a strange concept here in this mortal realm. Why would we need to believe truth? If truth is, by its definition, true knowledge or information, then why is belief even part of the picture? Belief inherently contains the idea that there exists a level of doubt, or at least uncertainty, in what we hold true. How can there be any uncertainty in truth? Well, if the knowledge is fully accurate and would never change, then there really exists no reason for uncertainty, right? And yet we must engage our belief. Not because the information may be a half-truth or possess some kind of uncertainty, but all information comes from a source. We are taught truth from a source who believes that they have found a portion of it. And in questioning what we are taught, we not only question the information, but we question the source of the information. The greater confidence we have in the source, the more likely we are to believe and live principles taught by that particular person or entity. Yes, I know that we do evaluate information, but the truth is is that most of the time our evaluation of truth consists of a comparison to our already established core of truth and evaluating the source. It is just rare for us to evaluate the information without comparing it against our personal truth or questioning the source. More often than not we can we believe ourselves to already possess the truth at least sufficiently that we can compare information and decide for ourselves. However for the most part we surround ourselves with individuals closely aligned to our beliefs and we are unlikely to consider beliefs that fall close to, but outside of our closely guarded vault of truth. Now, Politicians understand this psychological phenomenon very well. They know that for the most part, the source matters more than the information, and our evaluation of the individual's credibility is far greater determination of our belief and their statements than actually the information itself. Something very fascinating about our human nature is that we tend to believe, have emotional connection to, meaning believe, that information that confirms our personal truth. Once we have accepted something or feel something to be true, we will continue to look for evidence that it is true while simultaneously disregarding any information that would oppose our position. This means we now possess an emotional stake in the information. Once we have an emotional stake linked to what we are learning, and it needs to be a positive emotional stake, then we begin to disregard anything that would destroy our positive belief, even when it is painfully obvious that we have con- what we have considered true is simply not. The problem is not so much this moving information from this rational thought to belief, meaning we add an emotional attachment to the, to the information. The problem is emotional connection can be very difficult to dislodge. And the longer it stays in the belief side of the brain, the more that information becomes more than a belief. It becomes a part of who we are. And once there, it doesn't really matter if the information is true or not. I've made no secret of the idea that we live in a world of belief, not a world of fact, because we must consider the source for every small increase in knowledge. We are believers, not individuals with first-hand knowledge. Think for just a moment about everything you believe. Why do you believe it? Let's take one of the most simple and straightforward pieces of scientific knowledge and information we have. Let's talk about the sun. That bright yellowish orangish light that gives life to the earth. Science tells us that the sun uses a process called fusion where hydrogen atoms are fused into the more stable helium atom. First of all, even what I just said requires a great deal of belief. You are never going to see an atom. You're never going to see fusion, hydrogen, or helium. Yes, you're going to see the energy that comes from the process, and we call it light. But even that light itself, being defined as energy, is something we cannot see as energy. We cannot see the inputs, the process, the radiation, or even the process of light energy being used to create life. In all of that process, All we can experience ourselves is the light through our eyes that bounces off of everything. Even the process of our eyes turning light into a picture that we use to interpret the world is a process of belief, but because we cannot personally observe every aspect. The problem we face when we attempt to engage truth is that everything we learn comes from another source. We have no choice but to believe rather than know for ourselves. Now our mind understands this intuitively, even if we don't always acknowledge it openly. Often when we are presented with new information, it is more about the person providing the information rather than the information itself. Think about what happens when you hear something new to you. What is your process? Process for me is quite simple, or for the normal person is quite simple. First thing you do is to measure how much you believe the person telling the information. How much trust have you developed in their beliefs? The next thing you do is test that information against what you already believe, whether those beliefs are true or not. If there is a discrepancy between what you believe and what you just heard, then you must evaluate the information and the source. Much of that evaluation will be more about your trust in the source than actual truth. Do you trust your own interpretation that you have curated over your lifetime, or do you have a greater trust in the person who is talking? Now, we use titles just for this reason MD, professor, expert, researcher, preacher, teacher, representative. The purpose of a title is no more than to provide confidence in the information that they are providing. All societies go to great lengths to establish reliable sources of information through titles, degrees, and positions. Now, I don't have any concerns with that approach. We need to be able to sort through the many voices and titles can go a long way to help, but what happens when someone abuses the title of president, teacher, professor, doctor, and is willing to espouse something that is not true or simply has not been tried or tested? We lose confidence in the source. And once we lose confidence in the source, we will struggle to know where even to begin to look. Now entering the digital age, we were faced again with a new problem hidden identity. The internet provides a unique problem to our belief. Sometimes we don't know the source of the information. Although interestingly enough, we do consider it but not by a person but by the entity. Many individuals, in fact, most of us, choose sources of information to which we feel inclusive or possess an identity. For instance, many individuals in the United States will choose to listen to only certain television news stations or certain politicians or only particular news sources. With the advent of some anonymity through the internet and other media, the mind will find a way to qualify the source. So the truth is as much as we trumpeted, trumpet truth and our search for it, we're actually a very biased people, at least from the perspective of the world. Now what does all this mean for someone who is navigating mental illness and who is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ? Because mental illness is not a physical disease in the sense that we don't have a mental illness virus running around in our bodies, and we have no way to determine by a physical test just exactly what our illness is and how bad it is, then this process of belief is even far more important to our overall mental health, and getting the correct information is going to be just that much more difficult. We need to meld together a host of mortally-centered psychological theories with the revelation of the lord anyone who has found themselves in this arena knows just how difficult that can be many times those two worlds of information don't even connect with one another there are very few references in the scriptures to individuals who have possessed mental illness in fact direct references to mental illness don't exist when you look for practical spiritual solutions mental illness seems to be nowhere to be found in the scriptures I will even admit that the lack of any real information feels deafening to me in the scriptures. Mortal solutions can feel more aligned and based in greater research and understanding, meaning because psychology talks directly about the inner workings of the brain and how the brain works under problems of mental illness and pressure, and the scriptures and prophets' messages have been far vaguer in application, we will tend to drift towards the mortal answers. However, mortal answers to spiritual problems generally fail. I have learned to be cautious about information in the psychological world and discerning, not because the research was not conducted appropriately or the interpretations of that information are wrong, but because I understand that the researchers are missing a large portion of the human condition, the spirit. When I come across new theories and information in the psychological world, and for the most part any information, I consider it from various perspectives. The first is the rational approach. Does it rationally make sense from the mortal and spiritual perspective? Can I slip the theory into everyday mortal life and consider it it also from the eternities and it makes sense? Now if it passes the rationality test, and for me even if it doesn't sometimes, my next approach is really not to make a decision about it. I place it into what I call the rumination box. I have found that if I place information in my box and allow for time, the Lord will provide the revelation and comment, meaning I will take that information and place it in my mind with all of my biases and concerns about it, and then I wait for the Lord to comment. For the most part, my answer comes relatively quickly, within a few days, and it often comes with several confirmations, not just one. For instance, let's talk about a problem. Let's talk about medication, and not only the use of medication, but a specific one in my life. Let's talk about one of my personal struggles and my mental conversion to medical marijuana. You can imagine, growing up in a conservative home, how my biases towards this medication evolved. I considered it a drug, drug, and similar in every way to those drugs bantered about in the news and in our society, such as cocaine and heroin. It was off limits. The same was true when it first became legally available. I still felt it was a violation of the word of wisdom. While it was legal, while it was illegal, my question was actually fairly easy. But then it was made available as a medical product without the legal complications. I will admit that the change did not change my bias towards it immediately there existed a strong bias and a stigma in my mind. Now, I have no doubt where that came from. My parents had a very similar aversion to it. In fact, they still do in some ways, growing up in the generation that made it the illegal drug. When we talk about sources, we can often find our own biases within the nature of our parents. Traditions of the Fathers is what the Book of Mormon calls it. Now, the church's stance on the product had not changed in decades. However, I was faced with a problem. The pain medications within the pharmaceutical world were simply not that effective for me. They worked moderately but still caused serious issues. The United States in particular during that same time frame entered the what we called the opioid epidemic, and pain medications became very limited even for individuals with serious chronic pain. I was left in a problematic situation. Not only were my medications only moderately working, but they were now going to be limited. I was also dealing with mental illness concerns that at times did not work well with the opioids and other pain solutions. Now, as so often occurs when changes occur to our core beliefs, my situation dictated that I find new solutions. This process didn't happen all at once, but I began to open my mind to solutions that I had not yet tried. Pain is a strong motivating force, no matter if it's emotional or pain or physical. Having experienced both at high levels, I would admit to emotional pain being far worse. But pain, both emotional and physical, provided, in this case, probably the humility that I needed, the opening to my bias. I knew from what limited information that existed and my own research that marijuana was a possible solution to both my pain and mental illness difficulties. The question was in my current beliefs did marijuana fall into the medical exception to the word of wisdom? Rationally, I didn't have any issues. If it were used as a medication to treat pain and mental illness, and I didn't use it for what might be termed recreational purposes, then the answer was that it may be a viable solution. The Lord has always allowed for medicinal uses where recreational uses were forbidden. But even with the rational answer, my bias simply wouldn't let go of it. I had to put this into the rumination box and allow the Lord to comment. And this answer took several months. I think that this had to do with the strength of my core belief and bias, more than really waiting upon the revelation of the Lord. But eventually I felt that it was correct to move forward. I spoke with my doctor, who at this time was a member of the church. He was hesitant, but not against it. With care I moved forward, attempting to understand how to best administer the medication. My doctor wouldn't touch it as it could not be prescribed. I worked through the process, and eventually with medication and time, my health did improve. Now, Not too long after I started the medication, Utah was also considering a medical marijuana bill that would allow for the use under medically necessary circumstances. One of those moments of clarity came during that process. The prophet, President Nelson, noted that the church would have no issues with using marijuana medicinally. Certainly the Lord would take issue with the recreational use, but not medicinally. I admit that this incident provided for the complete removal of my bias and a confirmation of what I had felt, but it was the process that provided for the truth. I admit to following this process regularly, even with theories and ideas that might not have much merit. There is nothing wrong with finding out something isn't true or accurate except in the case where we still cling to the principle. Because all knowledge comes from sources, and those sources tend to be fallible and human, we need a system whereby we can evaluate truth outside of the source. We need access to truth from a source that doesn't have biases. While we stake claim in science and observation, even those experts can only evaluate a mortal condition, not the spiritual. The Lord does not expect us to just take our leader's word for it. We can evaluate what they have taught through revelation, and we have direct access to the true source. That is incredibly important when the scriptures do not directly address mental illness or chronic pain or any number of mortal issues that regularly arise in our lives, and when mortal interventions that outwardly seem appropriate are spiritually deafening. I am not saying here today not to trust scientific knowledge because the Lord can inspire men and women and he has regularly. What I am saying is when it comes to mental illness, we should be very discerning about the solutions that come out of the world. Many of them do originate with our Father in Heaven and Savior, but others do not. And we need a method outside of the mortal bias that shuns spirituality to understand what is true and what is not, and how we should proceed to treat our difficulties, both from the mortal and spiritual perspective. Now, I know that there is not a direct reference to mental illness in the scriptures, and even modern revelation is very limited, but we do have access to truth through the Savior and personal revelation, and that makes all the difference. May the Lord bless you in your efforts to overcome and become. And may you do your part so that the Lord can do His. Until next week.